Hey there, and welcome to Board Game Hot Takes, the podcast where we give our immediate reactions to the hottest board games just minutes after playing them. My name's Tim. I'm Danielle. This is Sarah. This is Adam. And today, instead of giving our hot take review of a game we just finished playing, we've got a very special episode and some special guests with us today. Adam and I invited our partners, Danielle and Sarah, onto the show, and they're going to be giving us their top five favorite games that they like to play with us. So... Before we do that, we always start the show with some poll results that I ask on social media. This week on social media, I asked the question, what's the longest single play you've had in a board game? The options I gave, under two hours. The second option was two to four hours. Third option was four to eight hours. And the final option was over eight hours. How would you guys answer this? You know me, there'd be no way anything over eight hours. I think two? I don't think I've ever done anything over two, so I'm gonna go with two. At two, I might get like a little edgy. We've probably played over a two hour game, but not I over four know. for sure. I mean, two hours. Final answer. I was really excited to see this question come up this week because most of the time I don't feel like I'm qualified to answer them. But I said the one that was like around three hours because I know. We've passed three hours on a game, probably due in a couple of times, okay. usually due to my analysis paralysis and being kind of a newbie. <laughs> but um, I think we've easily spent three hours, maybe not more than that. I don't know. You're approaching eight hours on these shards in Infinity Game. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe think about that. Oh, called you out. Yeah, I've played games over eight hours, specifically Star Wars Rebellion. That's gone like in two day sessions. When I used to play it, and then my dad is one of the slowest players ever, so we played into the wee hours of the night until I think we rolled a dice and it fell off the table one time and it went behind some can. So we couldn't really play anymore. We were down a dice. So <laughs> a nine-hour game that went nowhere is probably my longest that I can remember. The last four-hour game of Star Wars Rebellion I played felt like nine hours. So I <laughs> play, I, I'm not sure. You, I think you kind of go through a time warp when they get that long. No, the reason I asked this question actually was because we started playing a game recently that we played the first round. It's a five round game. We played the first round and it took us two hours. And so we haven't finished it yet. We're gonna we're gonna get back and finish it in another session. But I think this game is gonna end up taking us probably eight hours more if I had to teach it to somebody, I would guess. This is a game called Hege- Hegemony, Lead Your Class to Victory. Uh, interesting game. And most of the time, I don't wanna play anything that's more than three or four hours. But this one was, I was really enjoying and I want, I want to get back to. So I don't know, like sometimes it can be okay. If it's engaging, Sarah, you just mentioned it, the game can fly by. Tim, you just mentioned this too. If you're engaged in the game, it seems like time just flies. You look up and it's three hours have gone by and it feels like 30 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. That's totally true. Some yeah. Sometimes you do lose track and you're caught up in the gameplay and what's happening and what your strategy is. The poll results I gave, so I'm going to tell you what how people responded. Under two hours was only 1%. So most of the people who responded to our poll much longer than two hours. Like, these are nerds. They, these are games <laughs> and, and following on social media. Two hours is plenty of time to play a game. Oh, my gosh. Two to four hours was 21%. Four to eight hours, 55%. So the, the majority of people have played a game that was four to eight hours. They're committed. Which is where I would respond as well. I don't think I've ever played anything over eight hours yet, but I have played several games that were over four. I mean, playing with Chris and Adam and Steve, I think every game we played at our last con together was over four hours. 30-minute games stretch into four hours. Exactly. Yeah. So, but number over eight and then over eight hours was 23%. So a a lot of people played over eight hour games. So a lot of people respond to these polls. And if you are interested in reading some of the results here, follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at BG underscore hot takes 
or on Facebook at our Board Game Hot Takes Facebook group. But uh, a lot of people responded about Twilight Imperium. That's a classic, well-known, very long, epic 4X game. You guys want to try a game of no. Twilight Imperium? No. Does that include, <laughs> like, bathroom breaks yeah. and, like, eating? No, you don't. No, no, the, like, no, no, like, the table the whole time. You're at the, it depends yeah. on how you're playing eat. with Tim. No, <laughs> believe me, it's so long between turns, you have time to get up and eat dinner before, while you, until well, you you're waiting for your player, your opponent. I'm in if you're bringing snacks and beers. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually not interested at all in playing Twilight Imperium. But there were several others. A lot of people answered on here, mostly about some of these big epic games. But there was one answer I wanted to give here. So Joe on our Facebook group said, Everdell with every expansion. We were at a convention and had three players to so put a call out for a fourth. Ended up with someone who had the worst AP I've ever witnessed, who would take 10 to 15 minutes per turn, and even went for a 45-minute toilet break in the middle. We ended up taking moves <laughs> on their behalf just to speed it up. The game ran about six hours, and I've never looked at Everdell the same way. Oh, yeah. it's such a sad. This is why I'm hesitant to go to a convention. I got a big con I'm coming to this year. I just want to go there to play games with people, but I'm worried about this type of like you don't know who you're going to play with at these things, right? Like that's like if you run into a table full of Chris's at a, a <laughs> convention. It might happen. It's so, easy to attack him because now. Would it be like a faux pas though? Like if you're in a situation like that to just call the game and quit it if they disappear? I mean, well, if they disappear, no. I think that's what probably what they should have done if the guy just never showed back up. 45 minutes. Like, I think I'd be like, we're done. Yeah, I told yeah. him, like, for me, like, most Euro games are best at three players anyway because otherwise you just end up with more downtime. So I would have never even, they shouldn't have even asked for a fourth to come in there. But yeah, I think if somebody walks away for that amount of time or even if they're like that, then I'd just be like, oh, you know what? I forgot. I got an appointment in, in, in Hall B. <laughs> Like in ten minutes, so sorry, we gotta we gotta call it quits right pull now. Pull out the egg timer, <laughs> or that's where I'd pull out my phone and I'd start playing Shards of Infinity or Star Realms, and it's okay, get some side games going while we wait for them to come back. Yeah, yeah nice. So anyway, a lot of people play a lot of long games. I think they can be okay at a certain level, but it you know can go long for a while. All right, well, let's jump into our main topic today. So we invited Danielle and Sarah on to talk about some of their favorite games. We just finished our top forty favorite games of all time. And the question is, you know, they're playing games with us all the time. So are their favorites the same as our favorites? I don't really know. I haven't seen their list yet. I'm really interested to find out. And uh, so they're going to tell us a little bit about their top five, just like we do, from number five down to one, and maybe talk a little bit about what they like about it. So let's get started. Number five. So it's not really number five because I've got 13 (laughs) here. And I've got a side list, so I'm not really sure how to go through this. And I haven't really ranked it. But I'll just like start with what I think number five would be, and I'm going to go with Welcome To. Welcome To. Welcome number? To is a roll and write game. That's right. Well, kind flip of, and write. Flip and write. Flip and write game. What do I like about it? I like there's multiple things to do. I kind of like writing. I think part of some of the games I like actually writing on these mats and like doing that piece of it. I also kind of like the theme. I like the theme of a neighborhood. You do parks, you do pools. I like Welcome To. I like naming my city. What's your strategy? Do you try to go get the formations of the houses? I always try to get the formations for the houses. I try to preserve the pools, but it's usually a bad strategy because that like messes you up. Like pools are for fools. (laughs) Pools Pools are are not for fools. (laughs) Like can like, they can make you win the game. I think it's okay. 
you have to get lucky with them. I agree. I like, I hate covering over a pool when you, when there's a pool out there and you have to cross it off because you put the number on the, you know, like a non-pool number on that one. I hate that. I know but it feels wrong. It feels like a I think I work around it too much sometimes, you know, so there's a sequel to welcome to called welcome to the moon, which is a, the same kind of game, but it's set on like traveling to the moon and it's 13 different games you can play in a row. I've been dying to buy it. It was on Amazon prime day yesterday. And I almost bought you it. You made the right choice. <laughs> the right choice. We don't need keep any those more games. numbers down. I do. Like, seriously, we don't need any more games on our shelves. We don't we need so many I like Welcome to just as it is. Yeah, right. It's excellent. I'm happy. I don't lose every time. Spoiler alert. That's part of my list here. I don't lose every time <laughs> on it. So there you go. Welcome to. I don't know, though. Like, I haven't played Welcome to, but I already can tell I'm the type of person that has board game FOMO. Where I just want to play it once. Like, just get it in my hand so I can try it, see what I think about it. So now I feel like I have to try them both. I think you'd be hooked. It's a good game. I like it. Sarah, what's your number five? Well, like Danielle, I have no particular order. This was really stressful for me last night when you texted me to make a list of five games. I laid in bed till 2 a.m. <laughs> trying to think of all the games I've played because I don't track them well. And I just started writing down uh, games in my phone. So I'll just kind of go in a random order. But the first one is Dune. Um, that was one of the first games that I learned with Adam and really brought me into playing board games. The first... December that we were dating, we were Sam's kids and we played that game like, what, 10 times in a week? We just kept playing it over and over. And this is Dune Imperium, not old school Dune. Thank you. I I don't know. I love the way that the board looks. I loved, it was the first game that introduced me to kind of building the, I don't know if this, is it an engine building game? Is that what it would technically be called? But when you start putting the pieces together and like, oh, if I get this card and get this space and all of a sudden all these things will just tumble into place and I can do this really awesome thing and that just got me really excited and so I don't know I love I love that each time I play it I get to explore a different strategy and I don't know I just it it doesn't get old for me yet and I played with the expansions a couple of times I want to get it out more and explore those. This is the one also that we played on TTS, Tabletop Simulator, a lot too, remote with Tim. We had like four or five weeks in a row where we played it and we had a little whole, we played quick and all these different strategies would pop and we'd be all fighting. We had so many epic Mm -hmm. games of that. So those are some great memories. Yeah, this was right after, you know, I I met Sarah for the first time on Tabletop Simulator playing Dune Imperium. And, you know, she's calling it an engine builder. And it is to a small extent, right? You're building your engine in her hands. But the way Sarah played it, it was totally an engine builder because somehow she managed to get this huge production, like this engine going every time where she's always gathering all the spice, getting all the troops, going to combat, winning the combat. Like I've never been able to pull that off the way that Sarah has. <laughs> so she used to crush this hat. I like the expansions are in now. It mixes up the strategies a little bit. And yeah, it's, it's a little harder for me to dominate with the Highlander. Uh, with the expansions added in. Well, great pick, except uh, sad that you listed as your number five because that probably should have been the last one on your list. Just no kidding, particular just order. No, it's fine. It's fine. Because <laughs> uh, I think, Adam, you had like number two this year and I, I had like better. number four or something like that. So obviously huge hits for us. Daniel, I got her to play it with me one time, but uh, we play, it was a teach game with three of us and it did go a little long. It was probably like three I have hours. no memory of that. No, I know, I know. Uh, but I think you would. We, we should play it some more. It's a fantastic game as everybody right, at the table I believe you. has mentioned. I have no memory of it, but... Yeah, so that's in, my, that's in my top five. All right, cool. Well, Daniel, what's your imaginary number four? <laughs> my imaginary number four? No, it's a real number four. We're going we're gonna to just like 
call it as a real number four. I'm going to say Quacks of Quedlinburg. So a lot of things I like about this game is I love and hate this part because I feel like the pulling from the bag piece of it has no skill, but yet I still feel like I make mistakes when I pull from the bag. It has no logic to it, but every time I'm like, how do I always pull the cherry bombs or whatever? So I like that piece of it. I like the, the, you know what I like? The other piece I like, it's really pretty. So that matters to me. I'm not much on a theme, but I like how a game looks and I like color. I like bright color. I like it to like speak. And I like the color to tell me something in the game, which is a spoiler alert for another game. I like kind of the opposite, even though I like it, it fails on this point, but I like the recipes. The game is different because there's so many different recipes every time. We just played it two days ago. I've played this game a lot of times. Dozens of times. Dozens of times, which is a lot for me. And there's recipes for the recipes I've never played before. So I was like, totally new game in a way. And we can bring the kids in. It's kind of an all levels game. Like people can be introduced to this game and kind of jump in and people tend to like it. So my number four, we're gonna go with number four, Quacks, Perfect. officially. You brought up something that's super important to me. I think highly overlooked a lot of Tim's boring Euro games. Is always just, <laughs> the color palette is super yes. important. And when it's functional, it's even like a double, triple bonus. Oh, red tells me stuff over here on the red side, or in green telling me stuff to do over here. And oh, and the blue means that I can do this sort of thing. So I think it's a very fantastic point you bring up about Quacks. Sarah, you haven't played Quacks at Quedlinburg yet. I haven't, no. I know, like there's so many games. There's a lot of games that we've been wanting to get on the table, but it's really hard with our two-year-old. She doesn't go to bed as early. None of the kids go to bed as early as we hope they would. So by the time everybody else is asleep, we're ready to just hit the hay as well, so. Well, I don't think that Quacks wasn't a big hit for you, was it, Adam? So is it something you would even it was okay. I think it'd be a lot more fun in person where yeah. you're like looking at everybody and yeah. doing the bag, the drawing the bag out. And we just did it online. Yeah, we did tabletop simulator. So yeah, it wasn't, I think it'd be a lot more fun in person. I was thinking actually the last play I had, I had with a few friends, I think it was 4th of July weekend and we had such a good time of it. I was like, this would have been a great Sedona con pick. So it's yeah. like something I'm tempted to do at another con at some point. Cause it is just a fun, I, we keep talking about like, we're going to play more of these fun, exciting light games. And then we don't, we played all the four hour heavy boring yeah. Euros the whole weekend long. <laughs> it's the only time we can get them played. Yeah, great pick, Danielle. Quacks of Quellen. I think I also like, I'm sure it's upgraded components because there's no game in our collection that doesn't have upgraded (laughs) components, I'm pretty sure. How are you going to do it? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. But I like the the round discs. What do you call them? They're like thicker than discs and pulling them. It's like there's a little, I shouldn't encourage you. I know I should not (laughs) say this, but... There's a bit of a visceral piece to this game. Yeah, I mean, it helps. There's an action to it, and you're feeling them, and that's part of the game. Right. So. It, it helps. There, there's the tactile components. We happen to get the board game geek uh, geek up bits for it, which are kind of like these resin components mm. and click a little bit. There are cardboard, like it comes with cardboard chits, and I think it's just fine that way. We actually played we played uh, our friend Jen's version last weekend with the cardboard chits because that's what we had in Sedona at the time. So. It works just fine with the cardboard as well. But yeah. But tokens are better. tokens are awesome. <laughs> well, keeping on the ducks theme, because I'm going in no particular order, my next pick is abduction, which also you draw ducks out of a device. Nice. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so I was just making that contract. I'm like, yeah. wait, all the ducks games have this draw ducks out of a 
something component. Yeah. Um, so I know that everybody's probably learned a lot about this from Adam already, but this was one that Instagram fed me through its very successful target marketing. I just think it's fun. The ducks are cute. They're fun to play with. I love stabbing my hand inside the UFO. We as hard as I experienced that tonight. <laughs> I wasn't sure the UFO was going to survive. The, the ducks, the poor ducks. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's a very it's durable very silicone. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm testing it out to make sure that it, it can handle. It's intimidating. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I maintain that that is the most effective way to get consistent duck colors, and it's worked out pretty well for me. You did I, win. You did win tonight. <laughs> she wanted. Maybe I should try that with quacks. Like I should. <laughs> Stab the bag as hard as I can. Just, yeah, go straight for the bottom. Got a plan now. Makes sense. (laughs) So, I don't know. I just really like the game. I think it's cute. I know the art is a little cartoony, but it fits. And the boss, Dave, he is just the right amount of jerk on all the little notes on the bottom of the cards. I like the way that the cards, like they're the foily cards, and those are really pretty. And the expansion, too, they've got like this really pinky purpley color. So that's kind of fun. And then the way that the, the cards that you play with, they've got, I don't know, you guys know all the technical terms. I just know that they <laughs> feel good so, and they <laughs> shuffle really well. <laughs> so what I really like about this game is how you have to kind of think ahead with how the ducks are going to slide through the, the pond. And in three cards, you can, you can really move them around and it moves quick, but there's a lot of thinking to it. So it's, it's light, but it's not. And you can make it simpler and bring your kids into it. But you can also, just by taking out a few of the cards, bring up the difficulty level and, and really make your brain work. So that's kind of fun. How do you make it simpler in the game just by the, the type of um, gold, gold cards that are in there? Is there some other Exactly. The lower point value cards are a lot They're easier, easier to get. Sure. And even with the expansion, we tried that for the first time the other day. I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult because the higher point value cards that come with the expansion, but I actually found that it was easier to get those higher point value cards. Because they're wild ducks. There's like there's a yeah. wild ducks and there's like quantum pads, they call them, which you can move that around the board, a two space for a space for two ducks that you can fly that around the board. Yeah, you, you give up a card to move that quantum pond, but it makes it pretty easy to to grab a new card. So, so Danielle, this was your first play of abduction. What do you think of abduction? <laughs> It was, it was cute. It was fun. It is fun to grab ducks and whatever out of a bag, I guess. You're right. A little bit of strategy because you got to think ahead. I was like definitely like doing all my motor skills in my head of like how I'm going to move them and what my cards were. And then you try to plan ahead, but then you can't because someone else is going to like screw you all up. So you kind of got to be ready, but then you just be loose because you can't like get all into it because someone's going to change it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like that in a way, a little bit up to chance versus all on you to plan out your complete strategy because I don't need all that pressure in a game. Tim, evolving tactical puzzle. What did you think of abduction? I thought abduction was okay. I don't. I, I didn't love it as much as you. Um, you did, and I, I mean, you explained it perfectly. Like I knew exactly what I was getting into. But um, I found the the puzzle of those three cards a little less interesting than I was hoping for. Still, a game I'd be happy to play again. But I would almost challenge you to try it at two players because I do feel like this was my first time playing it four versus two. I do feel like a little bit of that head to head changed the way I felt about the game. I I liked it at four, but I think I like it better at two because I feel like I'm able to more effectively strategize yeah. when it's more head-to-head, where 
with four players, by the time it got back to me, anything I was planning was already kind of wiped out. And so that just maybe, and maybe that's where the expansion changes it a little bit more with four players because the expansion enables you to get up to six. And maybe that was kind of the reason that they did that. But I like it better at two than four, I think. I, I mean, I could see that for sure. Like, because that was one that was one of the things I think I didn't like about it was that if I couldn't plan before my turn, then all of a sudden I'm trying to figure out with these three cards how to manipulate all these things. And there's a little bit of pressure for me about not having AP and not holding up the game. So there was a couple turns where I was almost like, well, screw it. I'm just going to play these cards and then pass without taking a duck. And then finally I realized I could pull something off. But if I hadn't realized pretty soon, I wasn't going to hold up the whole table for it. Yeah. Two-player game, at least while the other person's taking their turn, it's likely they're not going to mess with your plans. Versus by four players, those oh, those, three, those, yeah. those plans mm-hmm. were gone. Well, there's something together. free. Like I was saying, there's something <laughs> freeing about that. Yeah, like you just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Let it go. Like you have to plan it all out and then chaos happens. So well, there there's a little bit of freedom in that too. That's why we're going to have different games on our list. <laughs> well, well, let's find out. What's your number three, Danielle? I think but I am certain, let me restate my, I'm certain my number three is Clank Catacombs, I think it's called. Nice. Here we because go. <laughs> Here we, go. we had played Clank in space for a long time, yeah, right? That's right. And then that went away from the house somehow. Yep, gave it to Chris. Okay, and then Clank Catacombs showed up. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same game. But you like it more than Clank in Space. But in Spinny right? Caves. It's better, it's better than Clank in Space. <laughs> you know what? Spinny Caves. The Spinny Caves are just fine. Oh, oh my gosh, my you God. guys need to let it go because it, <laughs> A, it rarely happens. Yep. So you do listen to our show. <laughs> I totally listen. I listen to that one. And B, A, let me go. A, it rarely happens. And B, it almost can sometimes be a benefit. So depend yeah. yeah. I've had it no. happen where it's like, oh, that's actually kind of groovy, or it didn't screw me up. So audience we're listening have- live. Chris, if you're listening, call in <laughs> right now. <laughs> and say, give me your opinion. I stay strong on claim. No, I-, I like this game. This is new favorite. I like it because it's a I think because it is a bit of a race, a little bit of a race, because you're trying to beat your person, your opponent, to finish it. But you don't want to race too fast because you want to collect points. Until you get spun around and now all the points are locked out. Gosh, you guys are so sensitive. Somebody says people is butthurt. So stuck. like absolutely what happened here. Purposely correct. I think it has like one of those where every turn nearly you're doing something. So you collecting little pieces. I think there's something very juvenile about it in a way that you're always getting something when you do like you turn over a little question mark which i'm sure has a a, a real term but you know the little question mark discs or minor secrets minor secrets or you can <laughs> like yeah you or even moving forward i and you collect um cards there's cards as part of it so you're buying cards and and also I don't get beat every time <laughs> <laughs> when i play this game i actually have won it a few times. So we, yeah, that. yeah. We Daniel and I played, you know, a version of Clank for a long time for years. Since I first got in the hobby, I got Clank in space was some of the first mm-hmm. games I played. So we played that a ton, and we even played the finished version of the Clank Legacy game that me and Chris did the game. But you and I played that board a little bit. So you got a long history with Clank. Daniel actually made a really good point that we just played this a few days ago. Had a great play of it, and she beat me because I got knocked out. 
And what she said is the one thing that's disappointing about that, that when your opponent gets knocked out, you don't even get to add up your points, right? Like mm-hmm. you guys have been going. And we're so hard time. for all those things. I, and I, it occurred to me, there was, and I agree, I think that does, especially in a two-player game where someone gets knocked out, it can lead to a disappointing play. Four players, not so bad because maybe two or three people are scoring. But there's a really easy fix for this, and we should do this from now on, is that when you get knocked out, everyone, we can all add up our points, but you get like a little penalty, like a negative 10 points penalty oh, or something yeah. like, oh, I like that. that. So then we'll at least still add up our points. There's the point of pushing your luck, but you can still potentially win or at a minimum, everyone gets to still score. I like that because it feels like a too aggressive. I was a knockout. Yeah. Like all of a sudden someone's completely out and I spent all this time collecting all these little cardboard pieces yeah. and all these little cards and it's like nothing. Great game. And Sarah, so next time we're all together, four player game with Clan Catacombs. Fantastic. Mm, yeah. I don't know how <laughs> that's gonna go over. Can't wait. Can't wait. I uh <laughs> FOMO, right? Uh, I think I, I think what I What if that. he took out the spinny <laughs> uh, it has not that great idea. Adam yeah, does great Adam does Or we could just take out the whole game. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> just point out Adam did lose on his last game, took fourth place on it. I think that has a lot to do with it. Maybe. <laughs> Sarah, what's your number three game? My number Moving three. On. Okay, well, a third game on my list. Trekking. Wait, which trekking is it? <laughs> trekking the world? Yeah, there's like three. That's yeah, okay. Trekking the world. So another game on my list is Trekking the World. This is another of the first games that Adam showed me when introducing me to the realm of hobby board gaming. This one still is a favorite for me because I think it's kind of quick and easy strategy wise, but you can mess with the other players a little bit, but not to the point where it completely destroys any strategy that they have. It just means that they have to turn around and try something else. I love the cards. I think they're so pretty, the art on them. And just the fact that you can learn a little bit about each place is is fun. So the girls are getting a little bit older and it's one that we're looking forward to bringing them into. And getting them excited about seeing the world. And it's just, it's a tiny way to introduce them to something outside of what's in front of their faces. So I think that that's really cool. And just the different ways that you can, I guess this is true of a lot of board games, but the ways that you can accumulate points in different areas so that there's not just one way to win. Sometimes I think I've got him and then oh he got more souvenirs and oh he nailed it and I lost by two points so I don't know I just I think that's a great game and I think that's one you and Steve and I played right didn't I oh there was like five of us I think it was oh yeah you joined us yeah you joined us it it. might have been the night of our podcast recording where Sarah joined in for the game but then I don't I think we recorded yeah that's right so that was that was fun because I got to play with more than just a couple of people just me and Adam so yeah I think that game shines with a little more people I actually played that with like a, I think this is a play the six. I, I think it plays yeah. a six, but I played okay. it. I did a team building went after the pandemic hit, and I used to do a game night with my team in our office. And so when the office closed down, we actually this was the first game I did on Board Game Arena. Introduced everyone to it. It was great. Six players got in there. Super fun, competitive. So do you say you play this with your girls, or you have played it with your girls? We haven't yet, haven't but yet. Okay. I'm excited to. I feel like we're starting to get them into that type of strategic thinking. I yeah. don't know if they're all the way there yet, but they're kind of on the edge. So we've we've been introducing a little bit of strategy games to them, maybe modified just a little bit. I think that's a great I think it's a great, you know, early game. It's a great family weight game. It's fun. It's got a little bit of strategy and a little bit of cutthroat competition yeah. for, you know, for hobbyists, but um, it's very much like Ticket to Ride Killer for me, is what I always said. Cause like Ticket to Ride is a fun little game, but the little bit of set collection about it. 
you know, not super exciting, but this one feels like it does some of the same things, but I like, I like it more because it adds those Euro elements of collecting the, uh, the, the souvenirs yeah. and, you know, trying to make those little set collections. And so, yeah, great, great pick, Sarah. Daniel, you haven't played this game yet. I have not played this game. Yeah, there's actually a new version of it that I'd like to try. It's called Trekking Through Time. Trekking Through History? Trekking Through History. And uh, instead of just like traveling the world and and collecting souvenirs and going to different places, you're actually traveling to different eras in time, that seems. But I have a question. Is it easy to learn and super fun to play? (laughs) I just have to ask. That's what I say about every game. It's super easy to learn. I think that's one of the reasons that Adam used it as one of the first games that he introduced me to to kind of bring me into the fold of board gaming because I don't think he wanted to scare me off when he first told me he was into board games I was like oh yeah I like life and monopoly too that sounds great and I had no idea that any of this existed so it's a great introductory level game and then there's also trekking the national parks which sounds really cool to me too but yeah it's easy to learn (laughs) so you'll love it Except he says that every game, (laughs) every game that goes on the table, he's like, and with Ernest, hey, Danielle, this game is so much fun and easy to learn. But now I'm telling you, (laughs) I believe you, if you say that Tim's credibility has shrunk a little bit over the years. All right, Daniel, what's your number two game? You know what? I'm kind of torn on my number two. So I'm just going to say these two are number two. Okay. I'm breaking all the rules. And are you going to go, then you're going to have a number one. I'm going to have a number so one. It's like a tie. Okay, cool. But I have two more I have to talk about. Right. So there's no rules. Okay. We're just like throwing them out. Right. This number five thing was something you manufactured anyway. So. <laughs> just a construct. That's just yep. a construct. Number five is a construct. So I really love sea salt and paper. It makes me so happy to play. It's so simple. I absolutely love it the art i like card games where the cards don't have 80 different things on them because when i play with card games with tim that have 80 different like that are very complicated i always lose because he can manage that like a boss because your magic the gathering background i swear to god is why that happened there's cards i like cards i'm from the midwest i like cards so i like that but it's a twist on it and the art it's cute and it's a fast play but there's a little bit to think about and it's fun and our daughter likes it. So we're at a very low level of games our daughter likes. So we're kind of good with that. And it's portable. We've brought it on big, maybe it's, maybe part of it has been, this game has been on a lot of vacations cause mm. it tucks in the suitcase easy. And so then I have this positive memory being this like really cool location and we're playing this game. So sea salt and paper. I like it. My second number two is, I have factories written, but I don't think that's Fantastic factories. Fantastic factories. factories. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> it's factories. It's factories. It's mm-hmm. factories. I'm like, oh, that's not the right. This is another one where I love the colors and the imagery in it. It's bright and bold. It's got a whole aesthetic that it's I cheery. really like. It's cheery, yeah. but it works that the imagery helps me with the game and there's multiple levels to do where you're collecting the cards but then you're collecting resources I guess would be the term so I like that piece of it it's fun and easy but with just a little bit of complexity enough to keep it interesting and I also don't always lose (laughs) paper and factories I can actually manage some victories every once in a while. But honestly, factories is 
Fantastic Factories, I should call it, is a fun game for me. I always have to call it with Fantastic Factories because you mentioned the artwork again, but that this this was designed by Joseph J. Chen and he does he did all the artwork for it. So okay. like he, he did the artwork and then presented to a publisher and they're like, let's print it, right? Like that doesn't usually happen. Nice. So yeah. the fact that a designer both did the artwork and designed this great look great little, you know, it doesn't have a lot of interaction, but it's a little bit of a you know multiplayer solitaire game. But it's fun and quick and you're building a little engine. It's got a great solo mode to it. Great pick, I know. Also, I think on the imagery, I like it because I like how it looks, but it's intuitive. Like I get pretty crabby when yeah, I'm spending so all nice. this time trying to interpret like really obscure iconography or like 80 things on a card. I'm like, don't do that to me. Like I have a <laughs> full-time job. I have a kid. Like I got <laughs> stuff going on. I don't need to spend all my mental energy. I spend the time thinking about what I'm doing versus like, oh my God, this card says 80 things. I don't know what to do. So. Yeah, and this is a great example where the graphic design is good, but then everything you need to know is written on the cards as well. So even if you didn't understand the iconography, pretty much it's spelled out for you. Yeah. True. So it's great. Yeah, helpful. Yeah. Totally true. Sarah, what's your number two? My number two is... Oh, I know you can do it. I know it's <laughs> so hard. It's so hard. Well, I think you, you can change it later two, too. Two choices in if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. two twos. So I'm gonna try to stick to five, even though it was really hard to narrow down. But I'm gonna give myself the rule of only picking games that I've played multiple times, and I'm actually changing the rule mid list <laughs> to games <laughs> I've, I've played physically. So that's gonna take out Shards of Infinity and Star Realms for me. Okay. So. Um, oh, and it's going to remove Beyond the Sun as well. So I'm going to throw Smartphone Ink into the mix. Um, <laughs> Did you notice, though, that Sarah just pointed out how she was not only going to stick to five, but then she just threw in she three, 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 if we went through all of my honorable mentions, we'd be here a bit longer. But Smartphone Inc., the first time that Adam pulled it out, I was like, what is this blank, boring thing in front of my face? It's uh, It wasn't really interesting to look at, especially because we had been playing Dune a lot at that point, And Dune's board and cards and everything are so pretty. But what really got me was the way that you can configure the the two little tablets in different ways. And then especially when you achieve that extra feature of being able to hang pieces off the edge. I love getting that. That's the first thing I go for because then I'm like just trying to maximize everything. And, yep. you know, sometimes it doesn't work out, but usually it does. I definitely need to play it a little bit more though, I think, because lately I've been getting really boxed out. Adam's got the system down that just takes up all the spaces before I can sell my sell my stocks or sell my stuff self- I don't even know what I'm doing I just see pieces honestly <laughs> I hear you sister even if there was a theme it's selling cell phones so it's really no more interesting than if there was no theme at all amazing <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just developed near-field technology communication. Now, Adam, when you've been playing recently, did you play by the real rules or the f- rules where you missed the important thing that you didn't teach oh, us? Oh, that's right. One we, one we no, I, you're, mm. you're going, this is totally major foul, bad on me, major foul. Probably yeah. the reason he's got that trophy right there. Because <laughs> the he reason won that game that night. He's hanging out right there. Yeah. yeah. Asterix went on that one. Oh, wait, is this, a, is this a new thing since the con that I don't know about? No, this is where, so there was, you know, the 
the tablets, every space you cover up, you get okay, to produce yes. another box. And that he, well, he forget to mention it. We hadn't played very, it for a while, so he forgot to reteach it to but us. But we all played. Yeah, I mean, played you all, played you all have access to the rule book, right, Tim? Like, <laughs> listen, he's not the listen, only one. Listen, when we sit one. down at a time, there's one person who's teaching the game. In this game, mm-hmm. Adam was teaching the game. No, this definitely like some controversy we need to really dive into. I think we need to explore this. So, game. Daniel, I have this game at home because Adam bought it for me for my birthday last year. I played it once. No, you have never played Smartphone Inc. But oh. I did set it up, gave you a brief rundown, but I felt oh, like I needed it. to dig in and learn the rules better before I taught it. And then once I learned it to teach it, then there was no interest in playing a new game. So we didn't know, get right? it played. So, so sad. <laughs> I, we will play it soon. It's a, it's a really fun, quick, easy to learn and very is fun. Is it fun game. and easy, <laughs> easy to learn? <laughs> Excellent. I can't wait. It, it is. I. It's one that when we do have a little bit of time, it. I request it and... Obviously, you can see from my list, there's a lot of choices to request. So, um, but it, it's one that's fun to get on every pretty frequently. Thanks for indulging. I always have a great time when we play this. <laughs> Anything right. for you, babe. All right, Danielle, what is your number one, the best game of all time, according to you right now? Can you see my list? No. Okay. What do you think my number one is? I mean, just say the obvious. It should be Everdell, but it's not, right? It's, it's, not it's Everdell. Castle, Castle of Burgundy. Castles of Burgundy. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't believe Everdell's not in your list. Unbelievable. I have a okay. things well, to talk about. She was a play tester, was she? <laughs> no, that but I have some things to talk about with that in another game. All right, sounds good. So I love Castles of Burgundy. I have a bone to pick with Castles of Burgundy. So as much as I loved all the other games, I talked about the art and how it looked and the colors were easy. Where are you going? Castles. I'm not sure where you're going. (laughs) I know no one's going to know what I'm going to say next. Everyone's hanging on every word, but failed so poorly. I just, every time I play this and I shouldn't say that, what's his name? Steffenfeld. The poor guys probably doesn't need to be called out, (laughs) but I have to do it. It makes me angry every time. He didn't didn't do anything. I don't care. But he accepts accepts the art. He's part of it and his name is on the box. (laughs) He made such a great game. I love this game so much. We play it so much. I'm happy every time I play it. I love all the different things. I love the tiles on the board and achieving multiple because you've got like five different colored tiles that all do different things and there's complexity to it. In fact, it has a high complexity, which is unique for me because I wouldn't like a high. All these other games I picked are probably low on the meter of complexity, but I love Castles of Burgundy. Maybe because we just played a lot and I know it really well. You know what? I like that every turn we all roll. So you're all there's at you're active almost every turn. You're not as idle, I think, as you are in some games. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> this whole new game is coming out, and it's gonna change my world. But it hasn't shown up in my house, <laughs> so all I can talk about. And I won't even look. You're trying to show me because people are getting the new castles of Burgundy, and I won't have. I'm like, show me the one that's in my house. <laughs> And I haven't seen it yet. Danielle, I have been hearing about this game since the beginning of their podcast, but I have actually never looked it up because I've never played it. It is boring. This is terrible. (laughs) It's pretty bad. I had no idea. Well, no, if you like greens and beige, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's like... Like, two levels of green? But it's not even the good greens. No, it's It's not even the good greens or the good beiges. There's so many better options. I I feel bad for giving crap to smartphone right now. This does not sound like it's your number one game of all time, so it must be that good. (laughs) It is my number one game. (laughs) It's funny. And every time I complain about it, every time I'm like, the two greens and this brown, and I can't read the 
the houses. I have to look it up. I played this game under time. It's terrible. And I still have to look it up. I love it though. Maybe we have a lot of good okay, memories. Can I ask? Okay, because it really does look awful. It looks like it's, it's as awful old, as it looks. Like it was made in the 1970s, 80s, and just zero updates. So what is it about this game that makes you love it so much then? Because what I'm looking at online draws me in not at all. It, I have zero interest in getting it, this. Right? Yeah, it's, Don't it looks terrible. Book by its cover, I, it's hard not to, and I feel it really is, bad for No, you're exactly right on how it looks. I feel bad for giving smartphone ink crap just a minute ago because no, that's like the worst. leaps and bounds above this. <laughs> it's the worst. So why is it great? Because there's like complexity to it okay without it being like straining your brain like you have to do a lot of different things but okay. you don't have to like become a phd in the game okay like, i don't like that like i don't want to memorize all this stuff about a game there are different colors <laughs> I, like see, I think great. i see two so there's different <laughs> elements you're trying to complete you've got a board you're trying to fill it up and the more bored. you fill it up, there's a bit of a race to it. The first one to fill up a certain color gets extra points. There's so many different elements going on okay. that it keeps me engaged without like making me angry. And that's, that's probably fair. a terrible explanation, but that's my explanation. I think that's a great explanation, actually. Because some games, as Tim can attest, make me angry. Like, actually make me angry. <laughs> and then we just stop playing. So there's that. As, as a non-board game expert like these two, mm. uh, I find that to be a very relatable explanation. So nice. <laughs> that's my explanation. What's interesting about this game, too, is that there is complexity, but it's it would even be simpler if there wasn't. There's like 30 different these technology tiles that are just iconography on them, meaning like they, you don't, and so it feels complex because you have to look at these symbols and try to figure out what they mean without any indicators to it. And that just takes headspace to do. So honestly, if it weren't for that, this would be a very simple carcass yeah, own level true. tile laying game. But that adds interest because it gives you a little bit of engine building and stuff like that. The new version, by the way, actually has I can the, only imagine because it's not in my house. It actually has what the technologies do printed on the back of the tile, so you could literally flip that up and put it on your board that nice. way if you don't want the iconography, which is pretty cool. That's one of the toughest parts for me is you have to go back and what does this thing mean? What am I doing yeah. here? Yeah, so that's, yeah, it gets great. All right, Sarah, what's your number one? Oh well, I mean, I I already said it was it, it was Dune, but since I'm going in out of order. <laughs> What's your last one on your list? Then? Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to go with what I've kind of been playing the most often because I just can't narrow it down. But but we've been getting Scout to the table a lot lately. Yeah. And I really like Aww. this game. Um, it's a pretty little card game. Adam's described it in multiple episodes, so I'm not going to take the time to do all of that. But what I like about it is it is easy to learn. It goes quick. So for us having all the kids to to handle all the time usually with our toddler we get we're lucky to get 15 minutes it's nice at two players so yeah. when it is just the two of us the rules are easy to switch over to two versus more so we have a couple that lives up the street nighthawk and tater tot <laughs> so if you're listening um, and so while all the kids are all playing we'll sit down and we'll bust out a different card game kind of each time that they come over but this one is is one that we tend to come back to because I don't know it's it's just fun. Out of all the card games that we've been doing, I win a lot, so I really love it. Yeah, you, you <laughs> that. We played it tonight and kicked our butt at it. So she yeah, did win. Yeah, Danielle and I actually played this a couple times two player for the first time, and it's true. A lot of these smaller card games that are like um, you know trick taking or ladder climbing games or whatever don't work great at two players. What do you think of Scout, Danielle? Do you like Scout? 
I do like Scout. I like see salt and paper better. Yeah, it's for their two. And I learned them the in the same like week or the okay. same month, so I kind of lumped them together. They yeah. shouldn't be competitors. They are in my head, but I want to store my cards. <laughs> it's like an itch I can't scratch, oh, and I just like yeah. every time I'm like, I just want to sort them. I can't. <laughs> I think that's the puzzle that I like with Scout, though, because. Like you, I'm Midwesterner as well. It was card games all the time. I'm used to, I grew up on Rummy, Shanghai Rummy, Jim Rummy. And so that was my first instinct when Adam taught me this game was I wanted to rearrange everything. But it's kind of like not being able to rearrange the cards, but having the option to flip them. It's the card game version of the board game puzzle where it forces you to think around those corners that you don't maybe necessarily normally have to in a card game because normally you can rearrange the cards. So now I got to think, okay, when this card comes down and I can use either number, where do I want to put it? How am I going to pull these other cards out to make them fit together while making sure that I don't end up with a handful of cards at the end when somebody goes out. And so I don't know, I like that puzzliness of it for a card game. Yeah, you make a good point. I don't know many card games are like that where you're going to add something to later. What can I remove later to stack these other ones together and add those together? So the spatial puzzle, the additive removal, what I don't know what the terms are for that, but it's just a unique fun puzzle trying to figure out yeah and when you can pull it off when you can like oh i pulled two cards out of the middle of this set of now five it's yeah. going to make a huge hand later on it's so fun and then you can end up like adam did in our first hand where he just got stuck with that hand oh, seven cards so in a row because he just didn't get there it's a timing do you want to go for it or are you yeah. going to try to slough yeah. and get rid of your cards or are you going to go for the big ones all great picks i have two other games final thoughts I was just going to ask for final <laughs> thoughts daniel what are your final thoughts my today? final thoughts are i have two games that would have made the list but I lose every time. Oh, like every time. That's sad. I mean, it is sad. It's yeah. sad. So the first one I think would have been number one, and it's Everdell. It's so I good, love right? that it's game. So good. It's so cute. It's amazingly cute, and the cards are so diverse, and the you're collecting berries, and there's so much to do, and I get crushed every time, and every time I lose. I admit all these swear words to you, like no joke. And then I tell him I'm never playing it again. <laughs> and then we play it again. Those little animals just draw you back oh in. Oh my God, the animals. Oh, it's like, and it's complex and you're building your city. What do we call it? City. city yeah. And then you can play the cards, do all these amazing things. But I have never won this That's game. not true. You have won a couple times. I know, but we played like 30 times. I have to like bring Jen in to win. Like I literally said, hey, let's go play Everdell because I was so they'll tired play of losing. When I'm out of town, that's the game that they'll bust out and play that's when I'm not in town. <laughs> it's not like I beat her all the time either. But And the other game I want to love, but I lose all the time is Lost Ruins of Arnav. Another great game. Yeah. I lose all Yeah, and these games are great, right? They're and I feel like I'm doing so well. And then you like comes in and I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah. Daniel, I feel the same Dad. way when I play either of these two. I've played Everdell once and I feel like I didn't have a chance because Tim was like a game tester on the thing and he knows all the cards. So there is a lot to know in the cards on Everdell and knowing the combos are going to work and what to go for. And what. And then the other game, Lost Ruins of Arnak, same thing. I can I never that win game. that game. There's I, so, many, going, so many things to do and it's so mm -hmm. interesting. And I'm like all into myself and I'm like, I'm killing it. And then I look and he's like, Five steps ahead, I'm uh -huh. like, there must have been cheating going on. There's no <laughs> way. There's no way. But you cannot beat, I've learned, Everdell is card game at its core, or whatever you call it, like magic would be called. 
So it's cards that do things in a complex way. And whenever you try to play Tim at that, you will always lose. Because he will like level up those cards like five, eight times. Like they should have like one or two things you can combo, have like five combos. And you're like, how'd you do that? So they well, would have been in the list. I just get tired of I'm losing. glad you love the games. I wish you loved them more playing with me, but I'm glad you enjoyed them anyway. Sarah, did you have any final thoughts? <laughs> Just that it was really hard to narrow it down. So it gives me a lot of respect for when you guys have to do your top however many of whatever theme episodes. Finding the qualifiers to narrow down is is difficult. So I just want to give a special shout out to other games that have a special place in my heart and, and didn't make the top five for no other reason than I just had to pick some games to talk about. So I love Cafe. It's got that awesome smartphone type board configuration and it's a cute little game. When the house was in remodeling, we were playing that one a lot. Underexposed light bulbs. Azul, we've been playing Azul a lot more. Ankh, I've gotten to play like one and a half times and I really want to get that one out more. Wonderland's War, I'm excited to play again because we, once again, one and a half times with the kids. Planted is really fun. So other people who are kind of at maybe Danielle and I's level, give that one a try because it's super pretty and you get to learn about plants and it's and it's quick. Radlands is great. And then I have to give a really special shout out to Mr. Brown, my sixth grade homeroom teacher for hosting Othello in our electives class because that was my very first like board game, board game where we did that first semester was just playing Othello every eighth period. And that kind of got me into enjoying games with other people. Nice job, Mr. Brown. You created a podcast superstar <laughs> in the game world. Sarah and Daniel, thank you guys so much for joining us. This was so fun. We've actually been talking about an episode like this for a while, and we intended to include Chris's spouse, Rachel, on here as well to do that. So unfortunately, we just decided this was the right time because we were all in one space. Also, if you hear weird technical stuff going on tonight, this is our first time all recording together in one place today. So, And we have children roaming in the background. It's around. complete yeah. chaos. So hopefully it sounded okay. It was really exciting to have you guys on. And if uh, Rachel at some point maybe can join us and give us her top five. Awesome having you guys on the show. Finally, you killed it. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Well done. This is fun. All right. Well, if you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and we'll read your review on the show. And uh, again, join us on Twitter at BG underscore hot takes or on Facebook on our Facebook group until next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Let's get something out really quick and uh, try to enjoy each other. And that sounded terrible. So <laughs> yeah. I, that. I know. I was like, he's going to jump in. <laughs> let, let me start that one over. Um, I should have thought about what Let's I was going to Let's pull off this little thing and let me go to town. I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Let me have a sip of water.